Please turn again to John chapter 17. We're looking at the last two verses, verses 25 and 26. And the title of my sermon is Knowing God and His Love. Knowing God and His Love. This is our final visit to the high priestly prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ and we shall just consider those last two verses. Let's have a look at them again now. Verse 25. O righteous Father, the world have not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Straight away, when you look at verses 25 and 26, you can see that the petitions of the Lord Jesus Christ to his Father, they're finished, they're done with. The last petition of Jesus was actually in verse 24. And what we see in these last two two verses is Jesus simply qualifying what he had said in that last petition in verse 24. It's as well if we look again at verse 24, isn't it? We look at 24, that final petition, and then we consider the words of verse 25 and 26. So let's have a look again. You may remember me saying last week, this is my favourite verse in the whole of the Bible, verse 24. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. We see in verse 24, Jesus declaring his will, no less than his will, that those whom God has given him, in other words, all all true Christians, all who trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins. Jesus wills that they be with him in heavenly glory, to behold his glory. Not to have a picnic in heaven, not to have a party, not to catch up with um, lost family and friends or, or pets who have died, but to behold the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is Jesus' will, and that is something that really fills my heart with joy. The thought that one day I will behold Jesus and behold his glory. And that, I trust, is the great hope of all of you in here who belong to Jesus, having been given to him by his Father. Okay, so with that understanding, we can now look at verses 25 and 26, where Jesus is qualifying that statement, I will that they be with me, whom thou hast given me. So we see what gives such people, Christians, the right to go to heaven, to be with him, to worship him, to adore him throughout all eternity. It comes down to having the name of the righteous God declared to them and knowing God. That's what we can see straight away in verses 25 and 26. It's all about knowing God and having the name of God declared to you. That just about sums up 
the whole Bible and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible's about. It's about declaring God and making him known. With these two verses, we've actually gone full circle in this high priestly prayer. You'll see what I mean if you look back all the way to verse 3. Uh, just look at verse 3 again, where Jesus defines eternal life. Look at verse 3, where Jesus said, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. That is eternal life, to know God and to know his son, Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. We see that at the beginning of the prayer, and now, surprise, surprise, we see that pretty much the same thing at the end of the prayer. That should tell you how important it is to know God and to know his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. It's vitally important. Let's have a look more closely now at verse 25. O righteous Father, the world have not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. Earlier on in this prayer, in verse 11, Jesus addressed God as Holy Father. And now in verse 25, he addresses God as Righteous Father. Just as Holy Father is a name that is unique to God, to no one else but to God. And Jesus addressed God as Holy Father. And now we see in verse 25, Jesus addresses God as Righteous Father. Again, that is a name that is unique to God. Which other father in here would dare to uh, call himself Righteous Father? I most certainly would not. Although uh, I would I would say that I do have a righteousness which is not of my own. A righteousness that comes through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But I would squirm if someone called me Righteous Father. Righteous Father is the name for God. And it's as well to understand what righteous means. If we, As we continue with these verses, we need to understand what righteous means. The Greek word dikaios is almost equally translated righteous or just in the King James Version of the Bible. You've heard both righteous and just. Well, they mean the same thing. And without wishing to oversimplify things, you can think of righteous or just as being the opposite of sinful. That is a simplification, but it's pretty accurate. You, we all know what sinful is, don't we? Because we're all sinful people. If you think what sinful is, well, righteous or just is the complete opposite of that. As, as such, God is righteous. He's not sinful. He is righteous. And he is righteous in his dealings with sinners. In other words, all who break his holy laws. God is righteous in his dealings with sinners. What that means is that God, who is righteous, he punishes sinners. God is a God of punishment. Punishment's become a dirty word in our society. People shy away from punishment, but God is a God of punishment. 
As it is written in Nahum chapter 1 and verse 3, the Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. In Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 20, it is written, The soul that sins shall die. And similarly, in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, we are told that the wages of sin is death. That is your wages. That is your reward for sin. Death. Spiritual death, eternal death, hell's destruction because of sin. And it's not just those nasty murderers and paedophiles and rapists who are subject to divine punishment. It's all of us. Every single one of us, because we have all sinned, we all come short of the glory of God. Every one of us sins in our thoughts, in our words, and in the things that we do, yeah? I'm certainly guilty of that. My prayer every day is that God would deliver me from evil. Because I know what a wicked heart I have. There is none righteous, no, not one. Even that sweet old lady that you know, the sweetest old lady that you can imagine, is by nature a sinner. Unlike us, God who is holy and who is righteous does not judge according to the standards of this sinful world. Can you imagine it? If God judged people according to the standards of this world, there would be no judgment at all, would there? Rather, the judgment of God of this world and of each one of us is in accordance with his, ho- with, with his own holy and righteous standards. God is righteous, God is holy, and God judges us according to that standard. He doesn't drop the standard for us. Let's continue with this. So, O righteous Father, the world have not known thee. That's the second thing we read. The world have not known thee. How can it be possible for the world not to have known God when God has made himself known to all the inhabitants of the earth through creation. God has made himself known to all of us, as it is written in the Bible, the heavens declare the glory of God. His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that people are without excuse. No no excuse for not knowing God. You look at creation, you look at nature, it all speaks of God. We needn't even go outside, we just look at one another. And what we see are people, each one of us, made uh, fearfully and wonderfully made by God. As well as creation declaring God to the world, People have the work of the law written in their hearts. Consequently, what happens when you do something wrong? Your conscience accuses you when you do something wrong. It's not by accident that that happens, you know. God 
has written the work of his law in your heart. When you do something wrong, your conscience accuses you. And in that sense, even your conscience declares God to you every time you do something wrong. Also, God has sent forth his prophets who have spoken, first of all, to the Jews. Despite all of that, the righteous God said the following about the Jews. And he said this through his prophet, Jeremiah. Listen to this. For my people are foolish. They have not known me. This is speaking about the Jews, Israel of old. They have not known me. They are silly children. And they have no understanding. They are wise to do evil. But to do good, they have no knowledge. The big sin of the Jews was that they forsook God. They turned their backs on God to worship idols, worthless idols. And after many warnings to them through the prophets of God to turn from their evil ways, God brought judgment on them. And they were taken into captivity by the Babylonians. When Jesus came into the world, there were Jews who claimed to have God as their father. That was their big boast, that God is our father. And Jesus said the following to them, You are of your father the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. Jesus telling the Jews that their father is the devil. He said that in John chapter 8 verse 44. What a thing for the Jews to be told by Jesus. That must have hit them really hard to be told by Jesus that their father was the devil. However, by the end of chapter 8, Jesus was proved right in what he said because those Jews, they picked up stones to throw at none other than the incarnate Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Proved his point there that their father was the devil. By the way, it's not just the Jews who have not known God. I'm not here to attack the Jews. I've already said that there is none righteous, no, not one. In fact, ever since that first act of rebellion against God in the Garden of Eden, men and women the world over, from the least to the greatest, have been waving their puny fists towards heaven in rebellion against the righteous God, and against his Christ, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. And this is what the world's doing, isn't it? Waving its fist towards God and, and, and thinking that they can break free from God, from their maker. The result is that billions of religious people the world over Instead of worshipping the only true God, they worship gods that have been crafted by sinful hands. They worship gods that are nothing more than the figment of sinful imaginations. Worthless idols. 
And then there are many other people who claim to have no belief in God whatsoever. They say there is no God, but the righteous God, he calls those people fools. They are fools. The person who says there is no God is a fool. And all of this is happening despite God making himself known to everyone through what he has created and and through him writing his laws into people's hearts. People really do have no excuse whatsoever. Let's read on. O righteous Father, the world have not known thee, that known thee, but I have known thee. I have known thee. And so it is that the world has not known the only true and righteous God. In contrast, Jesus says, but I have known thee. Jesus has always known God throughout all eternity. And the reason for that is that he is the Son of God, the eternal Son of God. The unbelieving world can protest and it can dismiss this. It can refuse to uh, believe and to accept that Jesus is the eternal Son of God. But the Bible makes it very clear that he is, that he is the Son of God, that he is God manifest in the flesh, that Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, that he is the first and the last, that he is the beginning of the end, that he is the creator who laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of his hands, the hands of Jesus. That he is the mighty God. Jesus has known God throughout all eternity as the Son of God. And then we read, And these have known that thou has sent me. These have known that thou has sent me. These refers to the apostles in the first instance, but beyond that, these refers to all who have been given to him by his righteous father. People like you and me, if you are trusting in Jesus, you have known that um, God has sent Jesus into the world Therefore, in verse 25, Christians can be seen to be people who stand in contrast to the rest of the world. And I don't know about you, but I, 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 I don't feel that I've got anything to do with this world. That's not a snobbery, but more and more each day, I, I don't want anything to do with the wicked ways of this world. And I just pray that God would deliver me from my own wickedness. And make me more like his son Jesus. Christians stand in contrast to the rest of the world in verse 25. As people who do know that Jesus, the son of God, has been sent into the world by his righteous father. That's a wonderful thing. It really is. You take it for granted. But if you truly, truly believe that God has sent his son into the world, you are blessed. Such people, who are those people, including yourself, if you're a Christian, you truly believe John chapter 3, verse 16 to 18, where it is written, 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And such people truly believe. Galatians chapter 4, verse five, uh, verses 4 and 5, where the Apostle Paul said, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. What all this means is that if you are a Christian and you have an absolutely certain hope of being with Jesus where he is in heaven and beholding his glory, then you are a sinner who by the grace of God who has believed that God sent his son Jesus into the world to redeem you, to redeem you from the curse of God's broken law. You are the one who broke God's law. And when Jesus was sent into the world by his Father, upon that cross he took upon himself the curse of God's law. He who knew no sin was made sin for you. And you believe that when God sent his son into the world, It's through his life of perfect obedience on your behalf and the shedding of his blood for your sins on the cross that you have forgiveness and that you are accepted by God. And now there is no condemnation to you. Your acceptance before God is and always will be in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's move on quickly to verse 26. We read there, And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it. That follows on from what? It follows on most certainly from John chapter 1, verse 18, where it is written, No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he have declared him. This, this describes to us that closeness, that intimacy between father and son that we read that Jesus is in the bosom of the father. And yet God sent his son into the world and the son has declared him, has declared God. Therefore, the only way that you can ever know the only true God as your righteous father is if the Lord Jesus Christ, whom God has sent, declares him to you. The prophets declared God to the Jews as they were led by the Holy Spirit, but things were different with Jesus. Jesus came down from heaven, from the bosom of his Father. He and his Father are one. To see Jesus is to see the Father. He is the incarnate Word of God. He is the messenger 
and he is the message. As such, Jesus is himself the ultimate declaration of God. We've got nature, we've got creation, we've got our conscience. All of these things declare God to us. But ultimately, and first and foremost, we have Jesus. He has declared God. As it is written in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. I quoted that once to a a religious Muslim in, in East London. He was going on and on about Muhammad being the messenger of God and I just quoted Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. God who spoke in times past, but in various ways, by the prophets, has now in these last days spoken to us by his Son. That's it. No arguments there. The Bible is the final authority. Last of all, in this high priestly prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ, he explained why he has declared his righteous Father to those whom he wills be with him where he is to behold his glory. Why is it? Why has Jesus declared his Father? Why is it that he wills that we be with him where he is to behold his glory? He said... And look at it for yourself there in verse 26. That the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. You need to look at that again. I had to look at it a few times. Let's look at the whole verse, verse 26. And I have declared unto them thy name, that's the name of the righteous father, and will declare it that the love wherewith thou hast loved me, the love that... The righteous Father has loved Jesus with may be in them and I in them. That's an extraordinary statement. That really is. When you think about what Jesus is saying there, it's a truly amazing statement. One cannot contemplate any greater love than the love that God has for his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the son who is in the bosom of the father. You know, when Jesus was being baptized in the Jordan by John the Baptist, the voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, the beloved son. And when those apostles were at the top of the mountain and again the voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him, my beloved Son. There was never a time when Jesus was not the beloved Son of God, even on the cross, and especially so on that cross. Although we don't hear it being said, you can be sure that the beloved Son, it was the beloved Son being obedient unto death on the cross. For sinners. And Jesus communicates that same love, a love that we cannot really comprehend, 
the love that the righteous father has for him, he communicates that same love to who? To people like you and me, whom God has given to him, who believe in him, who are trusting in him as their Lord and their saviour from sin. That's the love that God loves you with. Can you imagine that? It, it almost sounds boastful, doesn't it, to say that? That God has loved me with the love that he loves his beloved son, the Lord Jesus Christ. How can we even begin to understand that? Finally, we've considered how the world is in rebellion against its maker, almighty God, and that its great sin is what? That it knows him not. That's the great sin that the world does not know God. Although God has made himself known in various ways and ultimately through his son. We see that rebellion with all the ungodly laws that are enacted by the parliament on this island. We see that this is an island uh, 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 that does not know God. We see that with the way that parliament enacts those ungodly laws and those laws are universally accepted and embraced by the people on this island. With people calling evil good and good evil, putting darkness for light and light for darkness, putting bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Everything's upside down, isn't it? Everything is chaotic because we live in a world which has turned its back on God. Again, a world that waves its puny fists towards heaven. But what about you? Do you know the only true God as your heavenly and your righteous Father? Has the righteous Father been declared to you? Do you know Jesus? Whom he has sent. Do you really know Jesus? Do you know Jesus as the one who loved you and who gave himself for you on that cross? Do you stand holy and without blame before the righteous God, trusting in his beloved son, in Jesus alone? And are you clothed in the righteousness of Christ? Amen.